What's going on, everybody? This is episode four of the Space is the Place podcast. I'm your host, Meech, aka Young Drip God, aka Young Juice God, aka Got a BB, Got a BB. And joining me back are my two friends, and we also have a special guest on this episode. Introduce yourself. What up? It's AJ the Clown. How y'all feel out there? What up? It's your boy. Uh, no college degree. Hey, yo, it's Samichi Lalo. Out on our streaming platforms, how it's going. I'm glad to be here. Good. Appreciate to have you, man. And on today's episode, we are going to be... I did, I came up with the this discussion, this topic with Ashad. We were just like, what should we do next? And then uh, we just decided to do it on hip-hop. So right now we got five questions. Yeah, five questions about hip-hop. And we're just going to get it right into it. Uh, for number one, all right, Ashad came up with this. He said, which old school rapper do you give the most credit to and why? Who would like to go first on that? I can go ahead and get it started if you guys don't mind. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Whoa. All right. Uh, so question being, which old school rapper do you give most credit to and why? I personally got to give that credit to Tupac for me and my life. You know, I was born in the early 90s, 92 to be exact. And, you know, for me and my young age, he carved a lane that normalized questioning the status quo. So, you know, that diversifying flow that he delivered was enough to go ahead and avoid listener fatigue. So, you know, everybody following him can stay right on par in the culture. You know, everybody kind of came together with that type of music. And I know there was some friction involved with it, too, but that only helped to get to a larger vibe. So... You know, listening to his music, I felt nothing but inspiration, vigor, and, and pride in my culture, really. All right, yeah, man, shoot. That, hey, that's that's facts, though. I ain't even gonna hold you. Like, I like I was born in 98, so that was, like, that was way before me. But I can go back and listen to his music and be like, all right, I can see why bro is held to, uh, held, held to such a high standard and not only in hip-hop, but the black community in general, because he was that voice, and he did break the status quo for a lot of people. Like, hey, bro, you can be poetic in your music as well. It's not always got to be, oh, I'm a gangster, fuck the police type shit, you feel me? Like, you can talk about certain issues in the community that'll help, um, that in, that have impacted us all, all, all the times in history into your music and help give off positive messages, you feel me? Yes, sir. So, yeah, I can definitely... I understand why people would give Tupac the most credit. Shad, you want to go next? Um, in all honesty, yes, I would have to go with him as well. Um, and if it wasn't Tupac that um that I gave gave most credit to, it would be Dr. Dre as well. Um, those two played a positive role in my life. Um, you know, I was born in the late or you could say mid nineties, ninety six, really. Um. Of one month, well, I say a couple days before the um the death of Tupac, um, I listened to his songs after I started growing up, and me hearing Tupac and stuff, it was really like a poetic voice. You know what I'm saying? He spoke up for us. You know what I'm saying? He was basically yeah the Malcolm X in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? He spoke up. He told you to express yourself. Same thing with Dr. Dre. For most of his music, you know what I'm saying? Even though some of his stuff was like nothing but gangster shit. But unless you really listen to what they was talking about, you know what I'm saying? 
you would truly, truly understand what they was talking about. A lot of people um, from today's time don't understand what they was trying to put out there. You know what I'm saying? They carved away for most of the rappers today, if you ask me. All right. Yeah, definitely, bro. Definitely. Like, regardless, you, like I said, you ain't even got to like his music or not, but you can't, definitely can't deny his influence. But also, Dre's as well, because if it wasn't for Dre, you wouldn't hear a lot of these newer rappers, or you wouldn't have some of these producer rapper combos that you see today, really, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Dre. Uh, Josh, you got an old school rapper you get most credit to and why? Uh, I mean, I don't really have old school because I mean, '99. I that that time everyone was coming out with new stuff. The only old rapper I can really say, uh, Soldier Boy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but <laughs> but um, mostly I can really say, from my knowledge. I would say 50 Cent, but I don't really listen to his music like that. But if I had to go old school, I'd probably go with Lil Wayne. But with me, I never grew up on hip-hop. I mostly know, like, R&B. Like, I can go with Mint Condition. Uh, like I go with Mint Condition, Mary J. Blige. Those are, like, my type of stuff. I personally, when people say Tupac, all that, I'm like, that's good, that's good and all. But I really don't see the big hype in that. I really don't. Like Tupac, Biggie, I I don't. You mind if I interject slightly? Yeah. What I would say and uh, raise you on that, as far as the acclaim towards uh, Tupac and Biggie, it's mainly like let's start with Tupac again, since I started the episode on that. Uh, he largely, while he carved that lane musically, he also did it acting and in other sectors of business. So, you know, he was just out here showing people, yeah, you can rap, but it's really just to give you a platform to be able to sell yourself onto others. So it's like, you know, I, I came from the ghetto, I came from the streets, but I made something of myself and I'm eating legally. And as far as, like, Biggie, you know, I also say that man can slide on the beat like nobody else I've listened to to date. So I can say, you know, it was really pivotal for somebody out there to be able to put some words in rapid succession that not only rhyme, but they create vivid images, like uh, images via imagery. So, you know, like you, you, you're sitting in one train of thought and oftentimes we get stuck on something, but he don't even allow you to get stuck on it because he's, he's constantly progressing the uh, ever evolving storyline that is true, and I, I I really agree with him on that because, in all honesty, remember um on the last episode I told y'all about the music I like I like stories, you know what I'm saying I like it when people tell stories and such. Tupac and Biggie gave stories, um for instance Biggie um everyday struggle, that that famous um that famous rhyme that he said, um I know how it feels to wake up bro fuck up. Pockets broke as hell, another rock to sell. That's the story telling him, telling him that he grew up selling dope drugs and stuff. You know what I'm saying? He had to worry about bills, how to unfeed his daughter and stuff. And now that he became the man that he was, he ain't had to worry about that no more. You know, class defense after he got shot. You know, rest in heaven. 
and stuff. Um, and same thing with um with Pac. You know what I'm saying? Pac told deep stories. He told deep, deep stories. You know what I'm saying? It was one song I almost cried to. See, I mean, that's... I think that's it's more so like... from you guys. Like, yeah, it's like a, I, an emotional I, standpoint from them because they grew up in that time period. I can understand well, what Josh is saying where like he doesn't really resonate with it with as much as I, a shot. I, and... never, I never grew up with hip-hop because I mostly grew up with R&B. That's, that's mostly what I like anyway. I definitely respect um, that because, you know, we're all accumulation of our experiences, you know. More so like with me when I was a child, my mom didn't really let me have access to hip hop. You know, a nigga had um, Windows 98 on the computer. Somehow, some way, we had an MP4 Biggie and Lil Kim song. So we used to bang that, me and my sister, back to back to back. Because that was the only hip hop song I had access to until I was able to get stuff for myself. My pops had Rhapsody. So I was able to download whatever I needed in due time. But, you know, you got to. You got to absorb the media how it's able to get to you when you're in those periods of time. You know? Yeah, because yeah. music, consuming music back then is way different than what you could do now. Like, music is on the fly nowadays. Back then, whatever you were listening to in the house by your parents, you were listening to that until you got of age. We're like, okay, I can go out and explore my own taste of music. And mm-hmm. any, anybody will tell you, like, who grew up in that early 90s, like, hey, bro, whatever was playing in the house, that was played. Whatever was playing on the radio in the car, hey, that was played in the car. You didn't touch the radio. Or at your family me? functions or wherever you went, when when music was being played, that's how you absorbed it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So and when- I can understand Josh's point, too. You know what I'm saying? R&B, that's another flow. That's another genre you know, that I like, too. You know what I'm saying? R&B can be mixed with hip-hop, and it has been proven. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop and R and B. A lot of people saying that that genre is dying. You know what I'm saying? I think I it just of... comes down to your delivery and your pantameter. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all it's all down to how you how you present yourself on a record. Because I mean, everybody just feels the the definitive need to define something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's hip hop. Oh yeah, that's R and B. Why don't you absorb my art and just see how you feel from it, rather than get tripped up on the label? You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like I feel like, I feel like we're kind of getting away from that. We're like we're not more so labeling it as just hip hop or just R and B because I understand that's like that was probably like a big thing. Like growing up, like growing up in that era, everybody was like, "Oh no, if it sounds like this, it's this. If it sounds like this, it's just that." There's no in between. There's no mixing. You feel me? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I, I understand. I understand both sides completely. Like I said, personally, I didn't. I was I was born '98, so I didn't really get into music until like, um, I want to say like in the mid 2000s. That was like, right, like, like during that. Yeah, like I didn't get. Yeah, I didn't get into, into music like mid 2000s. Like when when they were like making snap music. Like that's when I started to get into like hip hop quote-unquote what they were calling what they weren't calling it back then but yeah that's what started me yeah i was like people they're so caught up on like separating errors and like oh 
and they want to stick to one category. Like, if this doesn't sound like hip hop, it's not hip hop, which to me, I never understood because as proven in history, everything evolves. Like when one thing starts, it evolves, regardless if it's positive or negative, it's still going to impact the culture in some way. So like mm -hmm. you can have your lyrical uh, conscious stuff. But you can also have take that and have fun with it, twist it up and make snap music or earlier um, or like later on mumble rap. People don't like to put if their you label don't mind badass asking, hip hop. What would you define snap music as? Like that, um, like that, the what was it, early two thousand, like 2002, like the Lil John era, right? You feel okay, me? Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel it now. I got the whole vibe. <laughs> yeah, like it, it evolves as they're not, it's not going to stay the same as, as proven in history. And so, like, when you get to these different trends in hip hop, or not just in hip hop, music in general, but more so in hip hop in this uh, sense, people seem to like kind of belittle that uh, era at the time, always wanting to compare it to what it was before. Like, if, like I said, the established pillars of hip-hop, like, if it doesn't sound like this, it's not hip-hop. And that's with both young and old people. You feel me? Like, they always yeah. setting that one mindset. Yo, um, prior to moving on to this next question here, if I could preface one more thing there. You know, you're yeah, saying, as far as old-school rappers, you being, you know, born at a later time, you would low-key consider Soldier Boy to fit in that, that rim. And I know it's kind of a joke, but at the same time... No, no, it's like, I was, right, about, though. I was about 14 at the time. You, we referenced in 2006, and for me, Soldier Boy is tossing out, throw some Vs on that remix, Rich Boy, you know what I'm saying? He's tossing out Booty Meat. He's tossing out all of these records as mixtapes because he's not 18 yet. And at the time, you couldn't be cursing on all your records at a young age. Like, you know, they had some stipulations. So like yeah. I'm I'm banging Soldier Boy before he made it type deal, and as soon as he make it, I, I gotta try to stomach all of these tracks in the clean version. You know, uh, man, that man said some provocative things. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he brought the whole wave, and I can't take that from him because like Drake come up was off of MySpace for real. You know, he was just putting out music, and he used that platform and got discovered. Soldier Boy used his social media aspects as well as his connections to be able to put himself. He gets flooded the streets with content, so ringtones, and we here. Yeah, man. All right. Um, speaking. Well, we're still on the topic of old school rappers, but it's we're gonna add uh, like three more people for question two. It's which four old school rappers do you consider to be the godfathers of rap? Uh, I guess I can have that one. Well, for right. myself, my personality. Go ahead, bro. So, we got Tupac, Biggie, Easy e and Snoop. Okay. If you ask me, those, those four, to me, are the godfathers of rap. You already explained why you Tupac and, and Biggie were so important to you, but why would you put Easy e and Snoop on there? Easy E from what everybody per se and I say for myself as well, is the godfather of gangster rap. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, if and this is proven, when he was in, in when he was in the group in WA, 
Easy E was not really a rapper. You understand what I'm saying? He was not really a rapper. He had to have Ice Cube and Dr. Dre write his um write his lyrics for him and stuff. But then when those two left, you know what I'm saying? He had no other choice but to make his own um songs and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he started getting better and better. Especially when he dissed Death Row by him. So give it to um Easy E. You know what I'm saying? Easy he a voice. He a voice in the um gangster rap community. Um like who else that say? You said um, have y'all listened to how the way he rap? He has a laid-back personality. You know what I'm saying? Laid-back rap. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what song can I say? Nothing but a G thing. Like, now, Lalo, you heard that song before. I know of you course. heard. Of course. And you heard how the way um, Snoop you know, how the way he gives off his delivery. It sounds uh, laid back and stuff, don't it? Yeah, it's like, you know, somebody like Snoop, he the type of dude, you know, you, you listening to a beat. I'm a very musically in tune person. You know, I've been playing saxophone since I was in fifth grade. Been a very long time at this job. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the delivery of somebody like Snoop in comparison to Easy, Easy E since we were just discussing them. So like, mm-hmm. what Easy E is going to do he going to come in almost before the top of the beat. So the first thing on your mind is him and his voice and where he taking you to. Somebody mm-hmm. like Snoop Dogg, he going to go ahead and let the beat build, let the bass come in, let them kicks come in, let that hi-hat go off in the background, and then he going to come in and use his voice like it's an instrument. So, like, you know, he's not having to work as hard to captivate the audience because the production is doing that, you know, right alongside Mm-hmm. But um, if you wouldn't mind, I'll go ahead and follow up with uh, which four old school rappers I got. Yeah. All right. So for me, you know, you already know, I'm born in the 90s, like I said early. So I also got to have Tupac and Biggie in there, but I also got Eminem and MF Doom speaking from my personal influence. Those so, are my some people. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I got to give Eminem his love because, I mean, he carved out a lane and it, it's, I know his brain would like, let's say he creates a song. He probably had enough information put down to make five songs, but then you got to condense, you know? So that's the reason he's able to put so much out because I know at the time of inception, his brain just dumped on a page and that's kind of how I create music as well. So, you know, I got to mm-hmm. give respect where respect is due. But Machine Gun Kelly diss on him, that ended it. Machine Gun Kelly won that beef, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying on it. Hmm. You there? Kind of cut out on me. He cut out on me, too. Lalo, you there? All right. Uh, well, while he's getting that situated, um, I'll go. I'll give my input on this question as well. Uh, 
like I said previously in the first question, I was born in 98, dog. I can't really sit there and say who I would put as the godfathers of rap to me because, like I said, I didn't start listening to hip-hop until, like, 2005. Like, like I said, we're in that, that snap music era where, and all these, like, where the trendy dances were starting to come in, you feel me? That's where, that's where I... That, yeah, that's where I uh, dwelled into music. Even though I was a little kid and I didn't know what they were saying, but... I was that was just something that I resonated with the most because I'd always I would always have my brothers my brother he would always do like any any time the new dance came out he was on it and so I would try to imitate it with him and that's just something that resonates with me a lot more so personally with these old school rappers but I can't really I'm not going to knock anybody who puts old school rappers as the god as the Godfathers of Rap, you feel me? More so, I would have to look into that early 2000s to current time What where I would have to say would be my version of the uh, Godfathers of Rap, you feel me? But that'll get into the next question. Um, Josh, you have any old school rappers you could put on there? Uh, for my point, I would have to put you know, he, he made a good... Uh, what what was his name? Lalo. Lalo. Yeah. Lalo. Oop. Yeah. He he made a good point about like uh, I don't know if it was him. It was somebody. But one of y'all said about like Ice Cube and all. And I was like, yeah. and that made me think back to like MWA. Um, just mostly Ice Cube. Then I had to throw in Little Wayne. Those would probably. Most likely be my most iconic. I would throw Soldier Boy in there, but I really don't want to because really Soldier Boy was like Soldier Boy at that time. I can say was six nine. Right now, like that's it's a good thing. Soldier Boy don't have time to listen to the podcast. I mean, I'd probably that, come in and start shooting. Blah, blah, blah. Probably. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like he is. Like, not the type, you know, not the type to snitch or anything, but I do feel like he is the type to, like, say, like, what he's done. Every rapper, I feel like, is going to go to jail. If you rapping about drugs, money, sex, you, you, you going to jail at least one time in your life, one time in your career. But that's who I would have to say. So Ice Cube and Lil Wayne. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so don't throw Soldier up there. Soldier, if you're listening to this, I don't give a damn about what you say. AJ the Clown here to tell you the truth. <laughs> you ain't sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, check y'all. <laughs> hey, that man did have some bangers, or I ain't gonna hold you, bro. He did. He did. Somebody like Lalo back, please. I, I want to hear more from. I'm trying to, bro. Uh, y'all keep conversating. Yeah, I understand all about that shit. No, Cube. Yo, be honest now. Young Cube from NWA, and then after leaving NWA. Young. Come on now. Uh, uh, uh. You might have to. Hey, yo, sir. Right. I'm on a hotel Wi Fi and they drop me, guys. Uh, you good. You good. Just, you good. 
All right. Nah, that's, if I'm not no problem. Out, what's up? No, nah, I said it's no problem. We, I, we still got the first part of the recording. I can just edit this in with this podcast right here. You go ahead, bro. No problem. If I'm not mistaken, I left off on MF Doom. Did I, did I preface that? Yeah, you're about to get into okay. MF Doom. Okay, what I'm saying on MF. Uh, I, I didn't start listening to MF Doom, Doom until recently. Uh, one of my my roommates in college got me hit to him. Tied a Phoenix on Twitter. But uh, he got me into him on, in Doomsday. That's a really smooth track. And I just appreciate the fact that, you know, this man is a, a MC that did everything his way and didn't conform. Because the, the industry at large just want everybody to conform and push out a similar agenda so they can have a guaranteed measurement of uh, return on investment. That's what it's all about to the industry. So I, I appreciate when people come forward with genuine quality art that they really don't care how it's perceived because they're creating it for their true fans. That's how I like to present myself. So I got to give respect where it's due. Mm-hmm. Real shit, bro. Real shit. Yeah, it's like, that's the thing with, uh, that's what I like about artists. I like artists, like you said, Artists that are able to make the albums that they want to make. They don't cave in to what their label has to say. Oh, if you don't make this music, you won't release it. They're like, nah, bro. I'll just go to somewhere else and drop it over there. I ain't got no issue, dog. Like, you're going to take this album. You're going to sell it. You're going to make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's how I would feel if I was a damn music artist. Well, exactly, bro. we had gotten one of my books. Um. I basically made a book about Death Row Records and stuff. What if I, what if I, per se myself, was a part of Death Row? I don't give a damn. I what have a question shit. for you. Have have you have you moved towards getting that book published, bro? Have I moved towards it? Yeah, I um I did move towards it, but I didn't have it published yet because I needed to be um to be proofread, and plus I wanted to send it to somebody. Um, who basically is close to the, um, I say, the original owners of Death Row Records. Because you know Death Row Records has been um, considered to be bankrupt, but it's um, owned They now. just sold to Hasbro. For three, yeah, they uh, just sold. I think. Yeah, it's now owned by a toy company. A toy company, excuse me. Um, but my uh, my thing is, bro, not, not to cut you off at all, man. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my sister is actually looking to get into publishing herself. You know, uh, she's in the process of writing some books and things like that. So I'm definitely have to take down your info, and I definitely uh would be interested in helping you do some of those aspects and maybe getting you to where you like to go. My whole thing is about the betterment of others is the betterment of self. It's not all what you could do for yourself, man. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. when I like when I see my people eating out here, I feel accomplished as well. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, most, most definitely, definitely bro. Yeah, that that okay. like honestly, that that's real shit right there, bro. Like, it's it's cool to always wanna be on your own energy all the time, but it's when, but I like I like you said, Lalo. It's when the rest of the community is also eating as well. They also striving to get where they want to be. Like it's like, all right, bro. We just like that makes me feel positive in a way where I want to go out and actually help them as well. Like, I want to make sure everybody strives to to do better, to reach their goals, you feel me? 
That like yeah, that's the, a, the I, way I feel with that dog. Success is self defined. I know this the glitz and glam of fame that they push in front of us seem very alluring, but we don't need those things to define happiness for ourselves because it's called the happiness for a reason. You set them variables and you execute on that. Yeah, right. real shit, bro. I most definitely right. give you my information though. Um, I just need my stuff to be proofread first. At this proofread, I most definitely hit you up. Oh uh, no, what I'm what I'm saying, uh, I mean, we can get something going off key and I'll follow up with you on that because uh rather than you going out and getting your head busted on that, like what you do is uh you gotta create the appropriate paperwork. I can't think of what it is right now off the top of my head. But it's basically like a an NDA, a non disclosure agreement. You mm-hmm. get a non disclosure agreement with the people that's proofreading your stuff, so you know you you're guaranteed that they're not gonna leak it, or you're gonna be able to, you know, take legal action in regarding that because you put the proper things in place. Then after that, you're able to execute uh, appropriately. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll we'll wrap on that though. We'll wrap. Cool. All right, cool. Yeah, most definitely. All right, this, like, the, all right, we're on question three, and this is going to be one of the questions where I feel like I'm going to be talking the most because I, like I said, I resonate with this, these uh, next two questions the most. It's which four modern day rappers would you consider to be the epitome of hip hop? Uh, anybody else? Y'all want to go first or y'all want me to? I'll let you go first. All right, bro, I got, all right. Um, for my number one, well, I, all right, I'll put an honorable mention in there. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw Drizzy in there. I mean, all the all the accolades he has, bro, can't be denied. It's like I understand he's not all the way hip hop, but bro has carved a lane for himself from when he first came out in '09, near 11 years later, come one of the biggest acts in the world. Got to give it off to bro, but um. Who I, how I, I have four people on my list. Uh, I'm going to start off with one that I don't resonate the most with, but I got to throw Jay-Z in there. Easily one of the most influential rappers of all time. He's a businessman on all aspects. He wants to make sure that there, he shows you that you can use rap as a platform to help establish yourself into the business side of things, how you can get into almost kind of like that political aspect to use your influence to help build change, not only in your community, but in other communities around the world. Definitely some of his albums, I listen, I'm not the biggest JCZ fan, but I can't say that man is not one of the best lyricists ever. He, he definitely up there in that spot. And bro, he, he's got, he's a, definitely a good storyteller to me. He's pretty, what, tw- almost 20 plus years in the game, damn near 30, still He'll have like number one hits. He'll still give you something creative in every single album he's had up until this point in his career. And he's, his impact can't be not on the hip hop side, feel me. Um, my next boy, my next one, and like I said this on, I guess, two podcasts ago, or no, it was on the other podcast with my friend. Shout outs to them, the, the Hidden Cloudcast. I'll put it in the description. There are podcasts in the description down below. Shout out to them. But I know Bo has been going crazy with his uh, religious thing, but you can't, but that doesn't deny the impact this man Ye has had on the hip hop game, bro. Like, hey, can I make a segue thing... real quick, homie? Yeah, go ahead, bro. 
All right. I definitely agree with you 100%. 100%. Yay's impact to the culture. Yay's impact to the game. These things cannot be denied. Now, um, I'll tell you personally where my fork in the road was when it comes to Kanye. I got to give him his props on everything, and I'm never taking anything away because I love his artistry. I love his production. And uh, honestly, I'm going to model some of the things I do off of his creations in this past year. Example, I think it was the month of March or February, March, or April. I don't remember. He sat down. He developed that female artist that they had on Good. Seven-track project. Seven-track project, a kid see goes dropping with Kid Cudi. Then he, uh, you, you know, he did push the T's. Uh, album as well, another seven tracks. I like that model. He did all of that in like a 30-day time span. And it's just like, when you got it like that, you can push it out. But um, I mainly supported that because of Kid Cudi. That's my favorite artist. But anyway, furthermore, my disconnect with Ye came when he decided to go ahead and cater and banter towards the young white Republican audience because he decided that the target audience of African Americans weren't going to support his Yeezy line as he needed it to be supported because honestly, in my personal opinion, I'm not about to pay four to $600 for a sweater with holes in it. I can get that sweater <laughs> for $40 and put some holes in it myself. But you know, it is what it is. Right. He found his target audience and he's executing on that. So I can't hold him negative to that because he had to find the people who would value his merchandise at the price point. Furthermore, on that, you know, it, it is what it is. I know Ye is King is going to be a dope album in the sense of his production, his mind, and his lyricism. I've just personally decided to no longer support his musical career. I listen to um, all of his projects prior to Yeezus is King, but I have my own personal convictions. And, you know, I got to put, I got to be selective with our support because as consumers, we are the driving force in the market, no matter what that market may be. Oh yeah, real shit, bro. Like, like and also like wanna say this to people who are listening, like if you feel the need to like not support an artist based off of their political views, that's fine. Go ahead. Don't force don't let your feelings of being a fan inflict how you feel personally on like your beliefs, you feel me? If he's not if he's doing completely one hundred percent negative with what you believe in, don't support him no more, bro. Just keep it moving. You've already got it amazing projects from him before, before his change, hey, that's fine. Let, you can listen to those and keep it moving. But yeah, um, back to Ye, um, I, like I said, I know he's been on his whole religion thing. I find it like kind of corny myself, but I can't deny, like we said, I can't deny the impact this man has had on not only me, but his albums in general. His first five albums to me, any of, I can pick any of those and consider it a classic, dog. Like, from college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808, which is heavily underrated to me. I think people give that album too much slack, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got we to gotta put a pin in, right? The quick pin. 808s and heartbreaks. I was banging it nonstop when it came out. The reason that it gets that slack is because he was in a depressed state when he made it. The lyrics in the music makes you in, like exist in that space. And if you're not receptive to being put in that emotion, you're not going to want to support that because, you know, it's putting you in a headspace you don't want to be in and make you uncomfortable. But as for me, I felt right at home. Go ahead and continue, brother. No problem. All right. But yeah, and then to me, this is like his best album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. As far as production, as far as lyricism, as far as features, as far as just rapping in general, that album is 
on damn near perfect to me, dog. That is his best project up to date. Like he like if you want to hear Kanye on a lyrical level, you gotta peep that album. If you have not peeped that album, anybody listening to this, go ahead, bro. And then I also even after that, some of his albums that I don't hold up to the standard of my beautiful dark sister fanny, I still like them. I I listened to The Life of Pablo what like sorry like two months ago. That's prop like to me that that's probably my top three Kanye albums now because he just has a when it comes to production, this nigga is a damn he he's a prodigy, bro. Ain't no ain't no if ands or buts about it. He will give you you can give him the simplest beat ever, and he will just I don't know how he does it. All the little nuances, the double times, he will just give you a masterpiece of a beat. And regardless of whatever he's talking about on it or not makes sense or not, it doesn't take away from his genius, dog. So he's definitely one of my um, most influential rappers. I love his production, his lyricism. He wasn't lying when he said something about him. I'm being a genius about turning a single beat into like one of the nicest beats that you ever exactly, heard. Exactly. What is it? Um, like I said, power. Remember the the song power. Yeah. Power was. Uh, nothing but drums. Um, what is it? Dr- a drum set, and um, and what? What else? It was like it was something else. Ah, it was something else. But really, nothing but just a drum set. Exactly. And you know uh, what, I'm what, I'm what was it? Devil in the Why? new dress. When he was doing a little keyboard thing, bro. Come on, bro. That's just yo. When he? Oh my god, bro. That's that's genius right there, bro. And. I can't take that away from him. Uh, even, like, even in the past couple years, he's been gone his own thing. His genius is right there, bro. Moving on, another artist. This is probably the one that I resonate the most with on a personal <laughs> level because he got me through high school with his music. And this is my boy, Kung Fu Kenny, dog. Like, yo, from 2012, I think that was my freshman year. And that's when Good Kid Mad City came out. I remember... That was like my, I think that was my first official hip hop album that I listened to. And when I pressed play on my phone, bro, when I downloaded the music, uh, yeah, I was like, yo, this, this, this guy has some talent. I was like, oh my hey, yo. God, bro. Hey, yo, hey, yo, I'm definitely right there with you, but I do have to backdate a little bit. I graduated high school in 2011. So let's say about 09, section 80. Damn, I was section 80. Boy, that shit was so nice. And to this day, Rigor Mortis is one of my favorite songs. You know, if if, if your listeners Kendrick. haven't banged that, y'all need to go back, go ahead and play Rigor Mortis by Kendrick Lamar. You might as well go ahead and put the whole section yeah. on the loop because it's not going to treat you like a podcast. Hold on, my, I'm in a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like when I first got to. Hold on, yo. No, you good, go bro. Ahead. All right, but yeah. um. 2012, when that album came out and I listened to it, I was like, bro, I ain't never heard nothing like this. This was like my first official podcast or album, hip-hop album that I listened to on the way to school and back. And this was like, bro, I can... I'm liking what I'm hearing, bro. Every single... He really gave you that West Coast feel. You feel me? I was like, bro, there's not one skippable track on here. And the way he was able to tell the story... In the album itself, I was just like, "Wow!" And then, the and it was his year, life. He had the recordings of his life to put on there. Exactly, bro. 
And then next, that same uh, sophomore year, that's when Kendrick, that's when um, we were talking about Kendrick for like that next two weeks because when Big Sean dropped the uh, control track and he had him, uh, uh, Kendrick and Jay Electronica on there, all we oh, talked yeah. about was Kendrick's verse that whole two weeks, bro. I was like, okay, because people were telling me about it. It was like, hey, bro, you got to listen to that Kendrick. Feature and I was like, okay, let me listen when to he, it. When he 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 didn't technically diss everybody, but he was telling everybody like, but y'all know yeah, we are friends. This is a competition. Yes, you feel me, bro. I was like, okay, hold up, because they said because they told me he was calling people out. I was like, all right, let's see how many people he called out. <laughs> when he went through that list, I was like, hold up, he hold up, hold up, I do got a, a post to bring to your attention, and this is the perfect moment for it. Small tangent here. Who had the best sophomore album? Kanye West, Lupe Fiasco, Kid Cudi, or Kendrick Lamar? If y'all need me to name off the albums, I can give you that. Yes, please. If you really want me to, if you really want me to I really have to go with Kendrick and stuff because Kendrick at that time... If you ask me, a lot of people didn't want to listen to him just because he was lyrical. You see what I'm saying? And he always, he was speaking a lot of words and stuff. And a lot of people didn't want to listen to what he was saying because they didn't want to hear. They wanted to just listen to the instrumentals and mumble. But it takes somebody to actually want to hear lyricists to understand. And to actually understand the lyricist, if you ask me, you know what I'm saying? Lupe Fiasco, don't get me wrong, he was nice, he was nice, but not better than no Kendrick. <laughs> I definitely think it speaks to the strength of an MC where you can go ahead and put the radio singers out so you got that guaranteed success. And then, you know, when you interact with their mind on a deeper level, you can connect to them on your album and everything's perfectly fine, you know. I got to give it to Kendrick, too, but a close second to me is definitely Kid Cudi because uh, that's my guy, and I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, no no mm-hmm. doubt, no doubt. And, yeah, when when I heard the verse, I was like – because, like I said, who was he calling out, bro? He called out all the old grades, and he was like, hey, bro, I respect y'all, but I'm better than y'all. I'm, a, I'm above y'all, y'all feel me, but I give you your props. And then he said, you new niggas, y'all don't even get into this. You don't even record a track. And I was like, oh, that's Yo. so disrespectful, bro. <laughs> he really called up the whole East Coast, you know, on, in New York and stuff. He had New York upset. He said, I'm a Muslim of pork. I'm a Muslim on pork. And he said, um, I'm the king of New York, king of the coast. One hand. I was like, oh, <laughs> <was like, laughs> Yo. <laughs> that line gave me goosebumps, dog. I was like, Yo. It takes a bold man to say that, bro. I was like, Kendrick, that nigga, bro. Ain't no question, bro. In my, um, in my book. And then um, fast forward to soft, uh, my uh, junior year. And this is when he dropped to Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, my God, bro. That is one of the greatest hip-hop <laughs> albums ever. And it came at a right time, too, because this was when this was – it was the time where all these – like the start of the whole police brutality thing with the thing in, uh, I think it was in Baltimore, that whole riot. 
and um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Donald Sterling. We had that dumbass riot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, bro, this is getting crazy. And I feel like Kendrick, he was like, I, I got to speak on because any in, in his album, he spoke on a lot of that with the riots and then the whole Ferguson thing. And it's like, when I got the album, I was like, this dude is a genius because he gave you everything. He gave you your jazz. He gave you your soul. He gave you your aggression. Every single emotion that, or everything that encompasses the black soul, he gave you that in that album. And he brought the culture full spectrum, bro. Full spectrum. Mm-hmm. Starting back from the like the influences from the 70s, mid 80s, early 90s. He brought you anything that you can need to feel peace in his music while he's delivering the art to you. And, you know, I, I definitely got to give him the respect on that. I got to cop that whole on vinyl and get it framed. No cap. Like, when I was like, because when I listened to it, I was like, bro, he's giving me, like, I I felt like I pictured myself in those time periods of when the, like, of like the soul of the beat at for the, each of the songs. And I resonated with them. I was like, bro, is this really how he felt? Or this is like, this is how we feel when certain things happen. You feel me? When we see our fellow brothers and sisters get killed on national TV due to the injustices of the of the system, it's like, oh, bro, it, it, it really makes Twitter you want to. With no barrier. Exactly. It's like, it, it makes you think like, yo, bro, like, I want to fuck this nigga up. Like, yo, like you see a white person like, bro, I don't, I don't resonate with you, dog. I'm gonna punch you right in the mouth. But then you just gotta. But then he's like, you gotta bring that back, and you gotta be like, no, that's not how they want. They like they want you to react that way. He's like, you gotta think. You gotta beat them in the same uh, way that they beat you using the system and how we influence change upon said system. And I was just like, when I got done listening to it after like ten times that day, I was like, bro, this is <laughs> this is a classic to me. There's no. There's no debate in this, bro. This, if I had to pick a classic album from him, I, at first I was like, "It's Good Kid, Mad City." But when that, when what's your favorite Butterfly, track off of there? Though? What's your favorite track off of there? To Pimple Butterfly. Uh, to Pimple Butterfly. Oh, favorite tracks, bro. Oh my god, I, I think my favorite one is the, um, the Black of the Berry. That one. That I felt. Yeah, that's that, a great bro. track. That's a great track. It's impossible for me to skip up Mortal Man, bro. Oh, yeah, the one where he's uh, at the end where he's talking with Pac. And then, yeah, that one. I was was like, dang. And then at the end, he's like, Pac. 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 And then he's gone. I'm like, wow. (laughs) He's unable to lead the culture to where it needs to go because the powers that be made sure he wouldn't be able to do so. Exactly. And then I love I love the uh the Terrence Martin stuff with King Kunta. I was like I, I King Kunta, I bumped that every day, bro. Yeah, that was yeah. that was and then institutionalized how much how much a dollar cost. I was like, wow, bro. Every song gave me a different emotion. I was like, it was just a roller coaster. And like I said, this is if I had to give a uh, Kendrick of his classic album, this is definitely it, bar none, bro. Like, Good Kid, Mad City set the tone to let people know, hey, this dude's on notice. He, he's one of the, he's going to be one of the best. I think To Pimp a Butterfly uh, signified, like, hey, he, he is a map. He takes his craft very seriously. He does not let nothing, no little nuances, uh, 
intervene with what he wants to make when he makes his craft, you feel me? If he's going to make something, he's going to make it with time and effort and patience. And you can really tell in his art and his uh, albums. And then fast forward my senior year, that was when him and J. Cole, when they released the Black Friday joints. Oh, my God. Yo. When it because I've listened to J. Cole's first and he went over Kendrick Lamar's All Right beat. And I was like, okay, J. Cole, you giving me something? Because I didn't really listen to J. Cole like that. I I like his albums and stuff. And I was, I was like, okay, we getting the J. Cole track. Cool. And then when that man Kendrick came with the tale of Two Cities beat, I was like, bro, he murdered this beat. Hey, There's bro, no I ain't even question. that to date. I have not heard that. You just put me on something. Bro, go listen to those, man. Oh my, yo, that was a that was a moment right there too. And then fast forward two years in the college when he released, um, he released Damn, and he basically said, "Hey, I can do what you um, commercial niggas do, and I can do just as good, if not better. I can get radio hits, bro." Yeah, I got. I got. Yo, come on, bro. Bro, y'all is my favorite track off of there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. That, man, I was like, Kent, and that, to me, I was like, Kendrick going to go down as one of all-time greats, bro. It's just, it's no question. No question at this point. Hey, what but, solidified it with me on Kendrick note is going to be the album that he produced in uh, correlation with Black Panther, you know? I know, oh, yeah, I know it wasn't like, you know, just like one of his traditional albums, but there's not a single song on there that's not a bop and it's on right. And it also coincides with the storyline. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, let me go back real quick with um, he, when he did that uh, Untitled Unmastered uh, joints. Oh, uh, yeah, I, track five was my shit. That hi-hat, that hi-hat was banging, boy. Woo. On me, bro. I was like, this this nigga guy, he can't do nothing wrong. But I'm a, but yeah, uh, was all said and done. Kendrick's going down as one of all time greats. It's not even a question if he's going to be. To me, he will be like if we had to make a list of top ten all time in like the next twenty years, he's definitely in that list. No question, no ifs, ands, or but. He's moving in that list. Um, my last one. I gotta throw my man Wheezy F Baby in there. You got to this, this, this man, Lil Wayne, bro. Oh my Fire God. truck coming. Can we? We just gotta talk about how he influenced the culture, bro. Like just off rip. This man talking about Wheezy F Broly. Just off rip, bro. You gotta name all all the people nowadays that came that and ever and um that came out now. They wouldn't be here. They're the way they sound, they wouldn't be here without Wayne, bro. Like, you're not getting a future without Wayne. You're not getting a thug without Wayne. You aren't getting a Kodak or a 21 Savage or a Lil Uzi. Like, all, like those people, those five people right there that are hot in the game now, you're not getting that if Wayne doesn't exist, dog. You're not. And the way that he was able mm-hmm. to establish himself in his later part of his career, like, yo, Carter 3 and 4, oh my. God, bro, those get repeated daily from me. They get bumped in the whip repeatedly. I like four more than three. I know that's an unpopular thing, but both albums are still amazing to me. And then let's talk about this man, his mixtapes, bro. Yo, 
The dedications, bro. Oh, my God. If you really want to hear Wayne on his lyrical stuff, bro, anybody who's li- who's been a fan of Wayne, who's listening to this podcast, know he, he, he delivers on his mixtapes. The dedications, the droughts, no ceilings, bro. He will give you some bars you wouldn't even think of. You're getting bars. And people who were born in the uh, era with Lil Wayne, when he started making those, they're like, hey, bro, I'm still getting uh, bars I ain't heard from 05 to now. I'm like, wow. So Wayne is really an influence on the rap game, bro. Like, there wouldn't, you're not getting, Nick, like, I, Wayne made it cool to be like kind of like that rap rock star, you feel me? Bro, to get like long dreads and then get like tattoos all over, bro. Like, he made it cool. And uh, nothing, even if you don't like his later projects, nothing can change the fact that when this man was at his peak, Nobody, there was barely any that was in his in his level, bro. On on everything, nobody was in his league. But yeah, that's all. That's my four modern day rappers that I uh, have that are at the epitome of hip hop to me, bro. Sorry if I took so long, but yeah, y'all can go next. All right, I guess I'll go next. Um, the the four modern day rappers, right? Did I say that are the epitome? You had to throw Kendrick in there, J. Cole, X, R.I.P. to X, and Jonah Lucas. Um, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody said Jonah at first. Um, Jonah, you got to think about it. The man was never noticed until he started doing remixes of everybody else's stuff. And then making like what is this song called I'm not racist that's how he originally blew up you know the I'm not racist song yeah I know what you're talking uh, about with the with the uh, the cover of the white dude in the Trump hat yeah I remember listening to that mm-hmm. myself people was going crazy over that they thought the the white dude was rapping <laughs> they, thought, they thought the white dude was joining they was like no <laughs> And it was like he started he started doing more of um stories. He did Ross Capicchioni, I'm sorry, which is by all my favorite song. Um Happy Birthday. And what else? And I was like, Joyner been producing consistent music for a minute, but it took I Am Races and the climate that we're currently in for him to be able to access the larger audience. So, you know, he did what he had to do to pick mm-hmm. his lane. To be able to get that pop. Yeah, in order for him to get to a um larger crowd. You know what I'm saying? He had to he had to put those stories out there. You understand what I'm saying? That you don't get a lot of that in hip hop nowadays, you know. The storytelling, that's my favorite part about hip hop, you know, and rap in general. You know what I'm saying? Tell a story. Tell me what um tell me what your life was like. Give me your background or something. You know what I'm saying? Tell me something that you want us to hear about that we not um looking at. You know what I'm saying? Who else did I say? X. Yeah, you said X. A lot of with X. A lot of people downplay X just because they think he a mumble rapper. That's not the case. Sit down and listen to what he has to say. 
You know what I'm saying? You ever heard this song, um, Riot? Uh, did it have a music video? Yeah, though? I have. Riot is nice. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a nigga hung? Yeah, a gold chain? yeah that one. I'd rather sing about the same thing he claimed. Yes. That is about today's life. That is about today's life. You know what I'm saying? He he put that music video out of um what is it? Look at me. Yeah. Cause he wanted to I say clickbait everybody into watching that music video because they all thought it was just gonna be on Look At Me. No. He wants you to listen to his song about today's society. Um, Kendrick, well, y'all already explained everything about Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing for me to explain. Um, <laughs> J. Cole, J. Cole was underrated. He was really underrated. You see what I'm saying? Hey, what you think it took till 2014 when he went ahead and dropped at the same time as Jesus and outside outselling Kanye for him to staple himself in the game? And now, honestly, I think it took him until he um he released what his other albums out after um 2014. After 2014, so KOD. 20... Mhm. About KOD and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Uh, ATM. You know, I got you. And then, like, what he just came out with, Revenge of the Dreamers 3, that's included. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, that's a big thing. I was listening. Nigga, shouts to Nipsey, but it's, that's all cold mm-hmm. on right now. You know, apparently he just said he about to stop doing features also. So he about to invest solely mm-hmm. in his team, and you're going to hear the features on their projects. So you're going to have to at least load up their project and click on a single just to hear it. But you know you most likely going to bang the whole CD. Right. And it's like they to me society society, a lot of people in the hip hop community is not looking at J. Cole the way that they really are supposed to. You know what I'm saying? Give him give the man the respect he deserves. You understand what I'm saying? The man deserves a lot more credit for his work. You understand what I'm saying? That's that's just a rapper. That, he should. that is really gifted. How many, how many other artists you have left on this question three, bro? Um, no more. That's it. All right. Is it all right if I go ahead and follow up? Yep, your turn. All right. So, question three: Which four modern day rappers would you consider the epitome of hip hop? Speaking on uh, what brother said earlier, you know, I got to go ahead and preface the time period: oh seven to twenty thirteen. Wayne was carrying my musical preferences and insights. Little bit of shout out I got to give y'all. I don't know how many of your listeners are going to be hip to this, man. Back in high school, I was bumping the leak. And that shit was just so nice. You know what I mean? That shit was so nice. Niggas giving the Ginobili props and, and some more and some more. This is a hella tangent. I'm a Steve Nash fan, bought in the game. Uh, you know, this nigga had that Kobe track. He came out with that Kobe track off one of his mixtapes, and that's so hot. If y'all ain't heard it, y'all need to go see it. Call me Mr. Clutch or Mr. Automatic. I could post them up or Lamar go get the alley. Anyway, furthermore with Wayne, no ceilings was his What? 
Lalo, you there? No, oh. not again. Oh, yo. It was, oh, it's cutting, me, it's cutting me out again? Yeah, it did that. There we go. There you good. We, we good? We good? Okay, let me yeah. just make sure it don't happen again. I'm going to just go ahead and make sure I put it on split screen. I think it might happen when I start going off screen. Whatever. Anyway. So I just start with Wayne. I can't take nothing away from his dominance. I'm going to give him a six-year run for my preferences. 07 to 2013. He was definitely holding that down. And that ended, like, on the tail end with 2013 being the end on that, that kind of ended with uh, I'm Not a Human Being Part 2, you know what I'm saying? Bill Gates and whatnot, 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 what have you. Furthermore, had to put Cole on there. J. Cole, he inspires me on the mogul aspect in the sense of, you know, I got a few artists that I'm looking to develop. I got a few producers in my bag, and I'll be producing some uh, some original beats and things myself too. But you got to utilize the team. You can't do this. You can't do this by yourself. At the end of the day, nobody can complete every single task that needs to be done by their lonesome. You look at me. I'm the type of nigga that'll tell you. You give me the amount of time that I need. I can do these things. But would you be willing to commit the amount of time it takes to do every single aspect? If so. Hey, you might be popping when you're 42, but niggas got to eat right now. Anyway, his sense of self and his realism is very key to the progression of the culture, in my opinion, which they call. Number three on that list for me, I have to say Kyle, super duper Kyle, none other. You know, uh, I'm not sure how many people are still even hip to Kyle to this day. He was a guy that was on uh, I Spy featuring Yachty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, wait, um, Kyle, um, uh, Sex and Super Smash Bros. Sex and Super Smash Bros. Exactly, exactly. So my my roommate again, shouts to Ty the Phoenix. Um, he put me on to him back when he was going by KID, and then you know the sec- first song he played for me was Sex and Super Smash Bros. So I got into him like right off of the tail end of that beautiful loser phase. So I, I actually got to go to one of his shows. He opened for Hoodie Allen. I went and peeped them in the in the KC area. And uh Hoodie Allen, like me and my homie was listening to his music so we can get ourselves prepped for the show. And it's just like, nah, man. Hey, props to Hoodie out, out here eating as a musician, if he still is. But it's just like Kyle brought so much energy to that show. I'm like, man, it's it's no way he's not gonna be a bigger artist than this dude in a short period of time. And that held true. But uh anyway. Outside of that, I went to go see his Super Tour performance as well after Smile Drop. And this guy can just put on great shows, him and Brick. You know, Brick uh, been producing for him lately. If y'all want to check out anything that slaps, check out Games by Kyle off his most recent album. That shit is hard. Um, small leeway I got to give him respect on that I think he picked up from Chance the Rapper. If you notice in the marketing. Each one of his albums, he has a track on there that he refers to being, quote, unquote, the favorite song on there. And for marketing, he's telling the consumer what song they're going to play the most off of the album. While I respect that, I could never replicate it. Anyway, furthermore, lastly, each one of my shows I go into of Kyle's, he has attributed his life and his success to none other than Kid Cudi. Because he's, he, he quotes that he saved him from the place that he was in. And he did two Kid Cudi covers. Different both times, you know. I know he hit Up, Up, In Away in Pursuit of Happiness. I just don't remember the order in which concert that he did them in. And both of those were nice. I got those. I'm going to repost it, uh, prefacing this link to the the podcast with the videos from my original Twitter account. It's, it's lit, nigga. Anyway, Kid Cudi is the one that I got to cap this off with, with number four. 
last and most importantly, in my opinion. I wasn't put on Kid Cudi until, like, the tail end of 2011, 2012. So, you know, I'm the type of guy, if I'm going to give somebody my support musically, I need to absorb your entire discography. That's just how I am. So, you know, I went back and listened to all of his earlier works and decided, oh, yeah, I'm rocking with him. So, you know, I kind of picked up shop from that point and moved forward. And to this day, I still been rocking with him. And, you know, it's just it's really difficult not to rock with somebody when you when you fuck with them on a personal level, like who they are as a man and their ideologies are told throughout the stories that they sow in their music. So I definitely got to give him big ups and big props to that and attribute him to keeping my mental health on a level state throughout my college career and through graduation. Thank you, Scott Meskin. All right, man. Yeah. Everybody here has given they, they, uh, they four modern day rappers. And honestly, I can't argue with anybody's list on here. We all came to the table, gave what we had to say. You feel me? Y'all let us know who y'all would put on them uh, uh, four modern day rappers. Hit hit us up or hit me up on my uh, Twitter at it's your boy Meese. Hit my boy up Lalo at his Twitter and let us know who y'all would put on your uh, on your yeah, four. Hit me up on um, Instagram DJ yeah. DJ underscore DJ ninety four. Yeah, my boy Shaw hit him up too. And then we are going to we're going to go into question four. I'm pretty sure this will be probably the second longest question for each of us, because I'm pretty sure we all have different opinions on this. So it's number four. How can these rappers get to a legend status in today's society of modern rap? Do y'all know how they able to establish themselves in the epitome of hip hop when all said is done for their career? Hey, yo. Wait, say the question again. Since uh, I just uh, finished off, if you wouldn't mind, I can read it again for you as well. All right, go ahead, bro. All right, bro, but the question is, how can these rappers get to a legend status in today's society? So the answer for your number three, your top four modern-day rappers you would consider to be the epitome of hip-hop for yourself, how are they going to make it to a legend status? So for me, those four artists I had, I had Lil Wayne, J. Cole, Kyle, and Kid Cudi. As for Wayne, he's a living legend at this point. I cannot be convinced otherwise. Somebody can say what they want to say about his modern day art, but his discography stands for itself. So at this point, he can do whatever he want to do, and he's still going to be successful and considered a living legend for what he's done for the game. As far as J. Cole, he's ascended to that legend status already, and he will not plateau. He's going to keep going through. Like, you know, as he said, you know, he's about to get his chips up like LeBron put his whole team on. So it's not even about him no more. It's about what he can do for others, and I'm trying to get to that status. You know what I'm saying? Dominant career for uh, Jermaine in all measurable categories. Can Nobody can take that away from him. As far as Kyle, he's received immense commercial rec- uh, success across the past two years. Let me repeat that. As far as Kyle, he's re- achieved immense commercial success. But his growth on a personal level, as I, as I rock with a lot of music he does, it also seems as if he's marketing me out of his target audience because he's still largely marketing to teens. And since I did go through two of his different shows in two different cities, largely, you know, that crowd is going to be, I'd say, at least 85% teenagers. And it's not a problem when they're on the later end, but when, when they're on the closer end of 16, I can't really vibe with that type of group, man. You know, that's just how it is. So, like, for me personally, 
if his art doesn't continue to grow with where I'm at, I'm going to have to look at him as a peer more so than somebody I can hold to some higher level, such as I would hold like J. Cole Wayne or Kid Cudi. I might have to drop him down to, you know, more so a peer level because we're around a similar age, honestly. So lastly, with Kid Cudi for me, he's goaded already to this day and age. He still got more music to put out, don't get me wrong. But for what he's contributed to the game, what he's contributed to the conversation of mental health and, you know, how he carries himself. My nigga got a TED Talk. Come on. I'm just saying, as far as Kid Cudi, nobody can tell me this man doesn't deserve to be considered a living legend as well. And if they do say that to me, I'm revoking their ox privileges in my car. Okay, I see what you did. He combined both the questions. All right, I can do that. As far as my four modern day rappers, honestly, all all four of these dudes, they're living legends. Jay, that's that's undeniable. He he's made it from jump. He's solidified himself. He's a businessman now, and he he, yeah, he's definitely in that legend status. Um, Yay. Gave probably one of the best discographies in hip hop, at least to me. I'd argue that he's got a top five discography all time, personally. And nothing he's done, could, or like, regardless of his religious stuff and all the uh, fashion clothing line, he he has cemented himself in hip hop. When you think of hip hop, you're going to think about EA, without question, especially on a producer standpoint. Like he's he's in that league with other big time producers. Wayne, as you said, Lalo, he speaks for himself. When he Wayne was at his prime, there was nobody that was touching him. He was the first dude that would go on other people's beats. And by the end of the song, that was his song. The other person was hey, on it. I can't even listen to Oh Let's Do It No More, nigga. Every time Oh Let's Do It comes on by Waka Flock, it's overridden by Wayne, nigga. Hit him with that shotgun. Call that shit the stop button. Come on. Call me Dr. Carter, aka Young Wild, nigga. I'm sorry, Walker. You can't get that track back from me. Exactly, bro. Like, if you got people talking about you on the feature and you're the feature and they saying that's your song, you made it, bro. It no ifs, ands, or buts. And then finally, Kendrick, Kung Fu Kenny. He, from Section 80, no, no, not even Section 80, from his mixtapes to now, he, he's been on a path to greatness Ever since I first heard him, because after Good talk King about Mad that City, Michael Jordan track, nigga, come on. <laughs> exactly from from Section Eighty, over overly dedicated Section Eighty, Good Kid, Mad City. Like I said previously, his mixtapes, all of that. When you look at his discography in total, you can see that there was growth all throughout. He didn't ever stay stagnant. He didn't devolve. Or anything. It was just on an upward path, pattern to greatness from that point on. And like I said, and if we had to make a t- top ten uh, list in the next twenty years, Kendrick's ma- definitely making that spot. Easy, without question. Be old and Hey man, <laughs> shoot. Yeah, but you go ahead, Sean. We're gonna combine the, like I said, combine the two questions. Um. Well. The four modern day rappers that I basically have. Um, J. Cole, you already know that's a damn living legend. We already discussed this. No no argument. No argument. Kendrick, I don't care what nobody say. I'll shoot you if you tell me he ain't gonna be no damn living legend. Um 
Now, X, to me, to me, he worked hard. He worked hard to get to where he was. Like I said, RIP to you, man. You know what I'm saying? I know you could have did more with your life. He could have. He could have. And to me, I still think that he a legend in my eyes, in my eyes, because he was able to do a lot of things as an artist. You know what I'm saying? Combine rock and um and hip-hop. Lil Wayne did something like that. But if you ask me, I don't think he did it as, as much as um as X did. You know what I'm saying? Um, and Joyner. Joyner can get up there. He can be a legend. You know what I'm saying? And he's proven it to you. You see what I'm saying? That man can be an underground rep. That man can say that I'm a, I'm about, I'm, I am about to become a SoundCloud rapper. And I guarantee you, all of the fans will go on SoundCloud and start listening to him. How much y'all want to bet on that? I wouldn't deny it. He, got, he definitely got the following, bro. Like, I remember he would jump on, like, uh, when he did the bank account remix. And I saw that thing at mm-hmm. the top of the YouTube thing. I was like, wow, this dude has a following following. You feel me? Like, damn. Right. <laughs> I was not expecting like This man says he game. He he got on a little pump. Yeah, he got on that <laughs> like, and did the remix. I was like, wow, okay. And then with – um. Little back and forth competition with him and Tory Lanes. I was like, okay, bro. Like I was now that I was like, wow. That competition. Everybody thought that Tory Lanes was just a singing ass nigga. <laughs> that man, that man shut everybody up. It, it was a nice back and forth. Y'all heard, <laughs> Y'all heard that Suge remix with um with um Tory Lanes and um you know. Enjoying them. Oh no, I didn't. Is it dope? No, I ain't heard it yet. Is it hot? It's dope. It's dope. And when you hear Tory Lane's rap, this man said, I'm eating you niggas like catching a relish on a bun. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my God. You gotta think about it. Think about it. He said, I'm eating you niggas up like catching a relish on a bun. Okay, yeah. Think about it. <laughs> he dumb, bro. Yeah, I understand it. Yeah, but yeah, Tory Lane's definitely nice. Okay, he nice as shit. But yeah, um, somebody broke something. But yeah, uh, but like I want to go into the actual question of number four: how these rappers. I want to take this into a modern, like these new modern rappers, like people like um, Ski Mask, people like uh. Uzi and them, how I feel like they can reach legend status in another like two decades or so based off of their following. Like, regardless of whether you like them or not, I'm, okay, we're going to talk with Uzi. Like, regardless if you don't like Uzi or if you like Uzi, you cannot deny that this man, he has a fan base that loves him. Like, he has a following, dog. And I feel as though this following. The followings of rappers nowadays, they can project them into that legend status uh, later on in their career, especially at the time when they started to become big because their fans at the time were like, what? Um, I didn't start listening to Uzi until my senior year uh, of high school, and that was the um, Uzi versus the World tape. 
and I was because I I was listening listening to it on Spinner Row. I was like, okay, this nigga, because I ain't never heard of Uzi before that, and I was like, all right, bro, this dude nice, and I would never would have thought like four years later, or almost five years later, he would be as big as he is now. So I think, um, like I said, it also has to do with these young fans that hop on these guys at an early age, and they're going to stay on these new modern rappers up until like where they feel like, hey, bro, you're you're out of your uh, prime anymore, bro. Or, like whenever they decide to stop uh, making music, they're going to hold them to a higher standard than what people who are like old school rappers would, uh, old school rap fans would say, oh, yeah, that mumbled rap trash. And then the like, the new fans are like, nah, bro, we're going to uplift this. This is our guy. You guys had y'all time and y'all rappers. Let us have this now, you feel me? So, yeah, I definitely think the fan bases of these new artists can definitely put them at that higher pedestal to reach legend status. Whoever says that to me next time, I'm going to take off my belt and just give him my ass for me. Come here, boy. Like, I don't, like, these, like I said, these new rappers, they can reach, because, like I said, they have the following that allows them to. Like, people love Uzi. People love Cardi. Uh, they love Ski Mask. These do, because they can resonate with them in a way they aren't able to do with other like people. Ski. Are older rappers that were before their time? You feel me? Like this new little, this new mumble rap era that we're in. People they like this. Mm. They they enjoy this type of music. It doesn't have to be over lyrical, overly lyrical. Uh, it doesn't have to be like always conscious. You feel me? If it's something they can vibe to, and they take it like that, they're gonna be like, hey, bro, this, these are my. Uh, could like in ten or twenty years, they'll probably have Uzi on their Mount Rushmore. You feel me? And I can't get mad at them for that. <clears throat> you feel me? That's that's who they champion. You feel me? So yeah. Um, another thing they can do. One more thing they can do to reach legend status in today's society. I would say like, honestly, just stick to who they are as artists. You feel me? As people, they don't like try to belittle your own creativity just for the sake of record labels. You feel me? Because that's when people start to go on the decline. They're like, hey, if I do just what the label wants me to do, I'll focus on, I'll get my money, sure, but I won't give the fans what I want to express openly to them. So as long as they keep the mindset of, hey, I'm in control, this is my platform, this is how I want to make the music, then this is what my fans want, and then you keep continuously give that to them, they're going to enjoy it, bro, and you're going to be a st more established as future generations of comedy be like, oh, yo, you remember Uzi? Oh, he was one of the greats, man. Like, your, your son can be like, hey, dad, who's Uzi, son? You don't know nothing about no Uzi. That Love versus the World tape? Legendary. That's what people <laughs> are going to say, you feel me? So, yeah, that's all I have to say on uh, that question. Y'all want to comment on that one as well? Um, I don't think so. Hey, I, I, I just got a bonus question. I, I definitely like to comment on that. All right, go ahead, bro. So I think it's very important to preface, like he said, you know, a lot of people coming in on this new age, like, you know, my guy being born in 98, you know, you seeing these people like Uzi, his takeoff started what? You say about bad and bougie? I know he was getting clout before that, but I mean, 
that's pretty much what blew him and Migos up type deal. Like, as far as immense commercial success. So, in that type of aspect, almost anything he touched right now, he got a dedicated following that's about to support him. So, as far as people in society being herded as sheeple, it's definitely the aspect of, oh, there's millions of people already rocking with him. I might as well rock with him, too. So, like, you know, I fucks with Uzi and his artistry. I just don't rock with how he goes about representing things. And, uh, you know, me personally to this day and age, I, I no longer support his career. But that doesn't mean that I don't respect his artistry and I don't view him as a visionary. It's just like, as I referred to earlier, our support as consumers goes a very far away. And I also don't want to allow different people's types of sounds and their energy to enter through the portals of my soul, which are my ears, you know? So I, I got to be selective with what kind of music I listen to on a day in and day out kind of fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, no problem, bro. Yeah, definitely. Um, We'll move into, you want to comment on that, Ashad? Anything else before we go into this last question? Uh, I just got a bonus question. Is it the uh, um? Is it the one that I write now? The best hip hop groups? Uh-uh. Oh, you want me to start with that one, and then we'll do your bonus question? Yeah, let's do that. All right, last one of the original questions is: best hip hop groups, old and new, in your opinion? Who are some of the greatest groups to ever come into the rap game and just do what they do best? You feel me? Y'all I wouldn't mind <laughs> Oh, okay, you want to go? Go ahead. Now you can go ahead. Y'all can start first. All right. I, I, I keep it nice and simple. I went ahead and logged three of them for old and three of them for new. Old groups first, Bone Thugs and Harmony. They brought me in real, real good. You know, they showed the fact that everyone doesn't have to be similar to be running mates. You know what I mean? Everybody can come forward and bring their own dynamic, and together you can do something amazing. You know that that for music for me did something similar to what football, basketball, and baseball those type of organized sports could do for those who weren't involved in those as well. You know, I kind of did both, but anyway. Next group is Wu Tang. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to rock with. You know what I'm saying? You got to get them. You know, uh, Method Man being my personal favorite from the group because he just, he kept it real. What you see is what you're going to get. And how high was an amazing movie. Lastly, I'm from St. Louis myself, so I got to get a props to the St. Louis Lunatics. Nelly, Murphy Lee holding stuff down for me. Low key or maybe high key, however you would like to receive this information. My homie Jordan Hinton. He goes by Juice as an artist. He actually got a track with Murphy Lee that came out like two, three years ago. And I definitely got to give him props on that. As far as new groups, I got to give Our Future the love because they really came out here and did their fucking thing. Coming out hard with socks, whole bunch of merch, being featured on Adult Swim, debuting a large catalog of artists. As far as millennial bulls, I can't say anybody is executed better than them. Although they're no longer considered a collective, um, as you love listen to what Childish Gambino, otherwise Donald Glover, has to say, I like endings. 
the end of things could be very beautiful as far as he was saying his music career goes. That's how it goes with groups too. People outgrow their lane and they got to encompass more solo dolo. Next, I got ASAP Mob. I got to get them they props because ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg, you know, we all know they eat, they play, stay full, they all finish that. But ASAP 12, he started coming out hard a couple years ago too. So I, I like that little three-headed monster aspect they got going on. And lastly, I have to go ahead and give props to Waps. <laughs> lastly, I got to give props to Wax Dabby. That's a, the collective that I'm currently a part of. Got a mm-hmm. whole bunch of things coming out this current year. Uh, go ahead and check out 900 Bill, Jace Laurent, Wavy Maui, Tata Phoenix, and Samichi Lalo. We on all streaming platforms. You can't miss us. Honestly, the easiest thing to do would be check out Tata Phoenix on Spotify and hit up his House of Dabby playlist. It's, going, it's got a whole bunch of bangers on there. Uh, I definitely appreciate you uh, having me come out, and I'm looking forward to that bonus question, homie. We can go to uh, whoever's next. All right. Um, I'll go next. I'll say I, I mostly put like four. I put four groups in general. Uh, you definitely got to me as far as like I got one modern group. You got to th- I got to throw in uh, Migos in there. <laughs> like they had a run, bro. Like from let's say what uh, from the time they dropped Versace up until now, bro. I was like, yo, these niggas cannot miss. Because every time they got on a song, whether it would be a feature with all three of them or just take off, offset, or, or Quavo by himself, like, they all, they did what they had to do on their verse and kept it moving. Like, these – and when they get together collectively, I don't think, like, there's – like, there's nothing they can do wrong. Sure, they may say the same thing over and over again, but they'll do it in their own way that makes it unique. That's why there's three of them, you feel me? Um Definitely one of the most influential modern groups. Uh, you definitely got to throw in uh, Wu-Tang in there. I started listening to Wu-Tang a couple years back with the Enter the 36 Chambers. And that first time I listened to that track, bro, oh, my God. I was like, damn, these niggas, they, they spasm on the beat. Ghostface Ghost is probably my favorite one uh, of the group. Uh, the Mystery of Checks. Uh, chest boxing. Oh my god. All all of them came to they came to rap on that song, bro. Oh my goodness. Uh you gotta throw uh NWA in there, even though that's before my time. You can't deny the impact that they had, especially in the time where we were they were publicly seeing the brutal the brutalis out that the brutalization of black men on um on a media level with the whole Rodney King situation and they, how they openly spoke out and they were about that life. Like, Hey bro, we don't want to have to mess you up, but we will if you have to, but they were always a part of the community. Like, Hey bro, for like the young kids are like, Hey, you don't have to do what we do, but if you do do it, I might have to be the one to end you. You feel me? So stay in the books and keep it moving. You don't have to live this life that we did. Got to throw them in there because they were talking about social uh, commentary issues that even go as far as today. We're still doing, we're still going through it, and we haven't recovered from that yet. And we're still looking at ways to get equality in the justice systems and the police systems. You feel me? But yeah, I I would throw those three groups in there, and also, you know, one more group. I'll throw in Outcast for all the uh, Southern people out there listening. Got to throw them in there. 
easily one of the most influential Southern groups of all time. Maybe, probably ever, you feel me? It's just like they could do no wrong. But, yeah, that's my groups. How about, about you, Ashad? Um, and all honesty, I don't have, like, really a modern-day um, group. But my old-school um, groups are uh, NWA, most definitely, and um, CMW, Companies Most Wanted. Okay. Cool. You got anybody? Got anybody else? Those were just your top two that you could think of at the time. No, like those are really like mine. Like I'm. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Yeah, but uh, what was that bonus question um, that you had? The bonus question. Um, for most of um your rappers that you love and adore, you know what I'm saying. If you was to make a song, whose instrumentals would you use? From which song? Would it be a love song? You know what I'm saying? A diss? A story? You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. All right. So, like, what you're saying is basically, like, our favorite rappers and how they go about making a beat. We would take bits and pieces from each one. Not necessarily, but, like, make your own song. You know what I'm saying? You would make your own song, you know what I'm saying, write but you would use one of their instrumentals. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Oh, okay. Yeah. Who, whose beats will we use, basically? Right. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Um, I got a... De- I would definitely... Uh, <laughs> I use some of Ye's and Kendrick's beats, to be honest with you, if I had to make a, a track. And if the type of emotion I would give, I'd, I'd have to give some, like, I think with Ye and uh, Kenny, uh, they give you, when they're in their mode, when they're in their pocket, bro, and they give you that aggression, I think they're, they get the production they give with those angry tracks are second to none. So, yeah, I definitely got to give them the props on that. I would definitely make a track with aggression with those beats. Okay. Yo, I would say that I got to give props to Metro Boomin for how he held down this decade. I also got to give props to Pharrell. Um, and, and lastly, uh, shoot, I got I to end it on Big Crit. Big Crit. He does all of his production and engineering and everything. So run that down. Pharrell, Big Crit, Metro Boomin. I can take something from them and make some magic. Okay. About you, Shard. If I was to make songs, um, y'all know Song Cry from Jay-Z. I yeah. would use that instrumental. I was really like in a car not too long ago on my way to my niece's birthday party just making a love song out of that song, out of that instrumental. Um, Pour my heart out about a damn girl who I have a crush on. Um, who else? And what is it? Shook ones. Shook ones. I would tell a story about. I would most definitely tell a story about that. Um, and what is it? Um, what's the name? Cardi B. Her song "Money." I would make a diss track off of that. Okay. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I, I never would have thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, that's definitely a diff- an interesting take, bro. Most definitely. Like, a lot of people don't think that um, money, you know, is a good instrumental. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's actually a really good instrumental that you can use. You just got to know what you, you're going to say. You can even freestyle on it and such, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, this concludes episode four of the Spaces Place podcast. I thank every single one of y'all for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We're in 2020, y'all. January 1st, we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep, well, it's January 2nd now, but we're going to keep it moving in the near future with more consistent podcast episodes. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Follow me on It's Your Boy Meets at Twitter to comment down what you would like for me and my group of friends to talk about in the near future and future episodes of the podcast. We'll definitely have more guests. If you if you want to be featured on the episode, like my boy Lalo here, We this is first time being on the episode tonight. We'll definitely have him on more future episodes. Let us know. Hit us up. This is for everybody to come in and join and have a conversation. You feel me? Like, we're going to keep it moving 2020. Everybody eating, you feel me? And I appreciate uh, Lalo and Ashad and Josh for coming on th- these episodes consistently helping me keep uh, things moving because this is something that I would like to do in my career when I go off to college make this thing like known get, make my voice out to the public be known you feel me I definitely appreciate every, everybody 2020 is going to be the year where everybody that I know eats we all winning out here you feel me uh, make sure to follow AJ, uh, AJ and Lalo at their ads. They'll tell you them right now, and I'll put them in the description down below the episode. Go ahead, guys. AJ the Clown here. Follow me on Instagram, DJ underscore AJ94. Hey, yo, on Instagram, my at is Mathologist. That's like math, M-A-T-H-O-L-O-G-I-S-T, the number four. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at that at. But my more active Twitter is at underscore Zoldik, Z-O-L-D-Y-K, two underscores following that. Props to Hunter Hunter. Hope it comes back. I don't have faith. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you guys for coming on the episode. And on the next episode, episode five, uh, I feel like we should probably talk about some Probably talk about some anime. We'll probably do that for our uh, fifth episode, you feel me? Get more people on there. But until then, everybody, I want y'all to have a safe night. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys for coming in on the podcast. We're keeping it moving. It's your boy, Meech, a.k.a. Young Juice God, a.k.a. Got a BB, got a BB, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Catch y'all. Musicality.